You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim titled The Nighttime of the World, the series of Shirim on the first Mishnah in Masachas Brachos. And what we reviewed in last Shir, which was, I believe, two weeks ago, was the question of Me'emasai Korin Eshma Ba'arvis, how the entry point into Tarish Abalpeh, the entry point into that world of ever changing colors, of the Heichal Hagvanim Hamishtanim, of the six possibilities of experience, where things are good or bad, or allowed or disallowed, or closed off or opened up. In that world of the Eitzadas Tovirah, in that world of the Ilana Desveka, of doubts, of nighttime, of concealment, of hiddenness, the ultimate question that Chazal opened up Tarish Balpeh with is how does one come to understand the secret of unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, his infinite presence in all things, specifically within the nighttime? And we discussed as well how Me'emasai refers not only to a question of time awareness, but also to a question of anxiety, of Me'emasi from my fear, from my concern, from my existential situatedness as a human being, untethered in this world, I am forced, I am compelled to scream out to God in the nighttime. I am compelled to scream out Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad to uncover that Yichud Ilah, that upper unity that reveals that darkness and light, concealment and revelation, difficulty and easy street, all of them are indicative, representative, and elevating the element of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unwavering unity in reality, in our lives, in every aspect of existence. What we're going to look at now is going to be the next phrase of the Mishnah. The Mishnah reads as follows, Chazal are seeking out a time post. Chazal are seeking out a question of from when does one begin to proclaim their faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the nighttime, in that place of Irbuvya, of Rishus, of Yaakov Avinu. And Chazal answer, from the moment that the Kohanim are able to enter into the Beis HaMikdash, are able to enter into that space of Kedusha to partake of the Truma. Now, there are a number of Mahalchim that we're going to look at. There's going to be basically three Nakudos that we try and uncover when it comes to this concept of the Kohanim going in and beginning to eat their Truma and its relationship to and in darkness. The first Nikuda that we have to understand is that in contradistinction to the morning, in contradistinction to times of revelation, 
where an individual is capable of understanding something from within their own heart, as Chazal will tell us, Kriyat Shema of Shacharis is dependent on my own personal recognition between the distinction of colors, it is my vision in the daytime, it is my interpretation in the daytime, my clarified mind that is capable of discerning between similar elements that marks the point at which I can begin to read Kriyat Shema. Because the Meshiloach points out and Rav Tzadak HaKoyen Milublin point out, my capacity to make a distinction, to discern things, that capacity of discernment of is dependent on the certainty of my own heart, my willingness to believe in the distinctions that my mind decides upon. And the daytime represents clarity, it represents a belief in oneself, it represents a time where things are moving smoothly. Therefore, Kriyachma of Shacharis, as the Gemara continues to discuss later on, is dependent on the inner feeling, the hirhure halev, the inner distinction and separation and categorizations that the heart is capable of making in no need for external affirmation. It's not dependent on some external objective marker. It is a subjective discernment that I encounter that allows me to proclaim Kriyat Shema at Shacharis. It's different when it comes to Kriyat Shema Shal Aravis. The Meshiloach tells us in the second volume of Meshiloach, the nighttime represents a time where I can no longer trust my subjectivity. I no longer feel certain in my capacity to make the proper discernments. My mind is clouded. My mind is affected by the incoming darkness. My mind is confounded and confused by the notion that the light departs and darkness ascends. It is confounded and confused by the frightful elements of nocturnal reality, of those things that rest just outside of my vision, those possibilities and the anxiety that stems from the unprecedented nature of the future that time of the forest, that time of the animals beginning to yawn and to make their frightful noises. At that time of darkness, as the darkness descends upon the world, upon the individual, upon the soul itself, subjective awareness is no longer capable of being trusted. I can no longer believe wholeheartedly that my inner spiritual compass is strong enough to determine how I should act in accordance with my own bina salev. At the time of nighttime, we can no longer rely on our inner subjective certainty, and we're forced to search out objective post lines along the way, which is why the Meshulach says that the time of Kriya Shema Shal Aravis is dependent not on a subjective inner experience like the Kriya Shema of Shacharis, which is dependent on a distinction and a separation that takes place within the mind and the heart, but rather it is dependent on an objective reality. I, as an observer, observe certain things taking place in the world. The Kohanim are now allowed to enter in to the Beis HaMikdash in order to partake of their truma. It's no longer something that is susceptible to my subjective compass. I now need to find signposts along the way. Because as concealment enters into a person's life, what a person begins to recognize is that my heart is a place of doubt. My heart is a place of confusion. There are multiple voices emerging from my heart, multiple feelings, good, bad, ugly, beautiful. And in a time of darkness, in a time of ribuvia, 
Chazal are giving us an insight that in times of confusion, it is necessary for us to objectify reality. If you can't trust your subjective impulses anymore, like one can in the bright light of the intellect of Shacharis, then a person has to learn how to objectify reality, how to find signposts along the way, how to pivot themselves and find posts that allow them to believe with certainty in the reality of the situation. Something that I can see outside of myself. The Kohanim are now entering into a time of truma. What the Meshiloach expresses furthermore in the first volume of, Lakuta, uh, of Meshiloach on this Mishnah is an additional point. The Meshiloach points out as follows. He says, there's a distinction between the Kriyat Shema of Arvis and the Kriyat Shema of Shacharis, between the acceptance of God's unity and the declaration of faith in my innermost heart in moments of clarified light and enlightenment where things are clear in the morning versus the confusion and the concealment and the bewilderment of the nighttime. The absolute certainty of the morning is dependent on something that is absolutely present. It is something that I am capable of discerning right now in front of me, the thing itself is present and I can tell the distinction. It is no longer stuck in a lag of before or after, it is apparent. Masha'in Kain, which is not the case with Mishasha Koanim Nechnasim Lechobetrumasan, the concept of Mishasha Koanim Nechnasim Lechumasan is the fact that these Kohanim have been yearning for this time all day. They know that they want to eat their truma but they're not able to. The Kohanim want to partake of their truma. They want to partake of their birthright, to partake of that extra gift. But during the day, because as the Gemara is going to tell us, because these Kohanim were Tameh, they were incapable of entering into that space of Achila Satruma. So the simon for Kriyat Shema Shal Arvis is the anticipation that the Kohanim experience in their desire and their yearning to partake of that which they're incapable of partaking in at this moment. The fact that the Kohanim are only allowed to eat their truma at night implies that there was a time that the Kohanim were not allowed to eat their truma. And the notion of a prohibition upon the Kohanim of partaking of their rightful gift implies to us the fact that there are things that belong to us that we don't have access to in the immediate moment. And when somebody has something that they feel is their birthright, yet it is barred access to them, the natural emotion that is born from the depths of the spirit is a yearning desire an anticipation for something that is rightfully mine, yet it is barred access. It is crossed out, it is blocked. And it is that his Oirus and the Yagiya and the desire that those Kohanim who are Tame Nefesh, who must have been anticipating so desperately to partake in their Truma, that becomes the simon of Kriyat Shema Ba'arvis. You want to know how to proclaim the faith of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Arvis? Enter into that place of his Oirus and Shuka, a desire for something that is not yet present. At that point, the person is capable of entering into the Irbuvya, entering into that confounded concealment that exists in the nocturnal reality of our minds, which teaches us that it's all ultimately about the Hisaurus and the desire that we have for something that is not yet present. Rav Tzadok tells us explicitly that the reason Kriyat Shemashal Aravis is dependent upon Achila Satruma is because ultimately the entryway, the pathway into holiness is the capacity to utilize this worldly experience 
for the sake of Kedusha. Achila, eating, is on the one hand the most physical, tiring, animalistic thing that we do, devouring something that was outside of us in the hope of filling the void that exists within us. Yet on the other hand, there is nothing as holy and as opportune to transform into a sacred experience like eating. Rav Tzadok says in Kuntras Esa Achila that the Knisa Tatarasa Hasidus, the entryway into the teachings of Hasidus, the entryway into holiness is mindful eating. And what we're learning, says Rav Tzadok, is the fact that the proclamation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unity in spaces of darkness, the memory, the ability to live with the deep awareness and the memory that is so ancient that we don't even remember the event upon which the memory is based, the memory of God's undying unity in spite of all apparent separation is tied up and contingent upon the capacity of the Kohanim to eat their truma b'kedusha. The Kohanim, as our tzaddikim point out, the Ben Yehoyada points this out explicitly on the Mishnah, as well as other Meforshim, Kohanim don't necessarily only represent the priestly sect because the entire nation is holy. And in truth, each and every person will be revealed to have that capacity of kahuna within them. That, that nation of priesthood, that nation of being singular and set aside and specific for a particular action. The tzaddikim ha'amitim are referred to as the kohanim. The kohane gedola are the tzaddike emes and all of the smaller tzaddikim and each and every one of us is considered a kohen. Avram Avinu is considered a kohen. Each and every one of us has an akuda of the kohen gadol that enters into the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the most holy of times. And therefore, it is not only the Kohanim themselves who partake of Truma, but it's each and every one of us. And the question of how do I learn to proclaim the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world that is considered a nighttime world, an Oilam Hazesh, a world of concealment, a world where Torah Shabalpeh is born out of confusion, the first step that I need to take in the path of spiritual activity is learning how to eat mindfully, is learning how to partake of this worldly experience mindfully. Rav Sadok and the Meforshim and Chazal point out explicitly that achila, that eating and sustenance, yes, it represents the actual act of partaking in food for the sake of physical sustenance, but it also represents any physical engagement in this world is referred to and contained under the umbrella concept of achila. And so the ultimate question, the litmus test for our capacity to proclaim our faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to believe ever so deeply in the unity and the undying presence of God in our lives and every moment of our experience, specifically within the darkness, is our capacity to enter into physicality and do it mindfully, to be present, to eat truma, to recognize that these gifts of hisraimimus, the truma is the ability to elevate, to be meromeim, to bring up the lowly physicality of this world and to elevate it upon an altar of kedusha, so that that physicality becomes an act of spirituality to the extent that there is no distinction any longer between physicality and spirituality. We're not talking about the level of the Rishonim and the Rambam who say that eat in order to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're talking about the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov and the Ariza and all of the Tzadikim Amitim, which say eat because eating itself is serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I no longer have to suppress eating. I no longer have to suppress 
my engagement with physicality. My engagement with physicality is in and of itself an encounter with God if I learn how to do it mindfully and with presence. This achilas truma, this capacity to partake, to be present in that eating experience, the capacity to elevate physicality is the tool, is the key necessary for uncovering the light of unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the darkness of the world. There's an incredible statement, an incredible statement by the Ramchal Sfusiyoganalenu in the 26th chapter of Mesil Sisharim. And we've spoken about Mesil Sisharim lately, that Mesil Sisharim was written at a time where the Ramchal was sent into Golos and his books were already being burnt because of the Chshashos that certain Misnagdim had against his writings. Like all of the Tzadikim Ha'amitim, like all of the Tzadikim who are Shayach to the Indian of Mashiach, who are Shayach to the Indian of Geula in whatever way it takes place. These tzaddikim had a hisnagdus to them, and as Rabbi Nachman teaches us, the hisnagdus, the pushing against or the argument or the confusion surrounding that tzaddik's avoda, is not symptomatic of the tzaddik's greatness, but it is constitutive of the tzaddik's success. That Rabbi Nachman would say, my enemies would dance if they understood how deep the spiritual ascension that I experience as a result of their hisnagdus to me that everything in life needs that dialectical pressure that pushes against its expression so that the expressive idea can retreat back into itself, uncover hitherto uncovered strengths in order to reveal itself with more newfound ferocity and intensity. And the hisnagdus against something pushes something into an incubator so that it can reveal itself with even more intensity, with more strength, and the Ramchal in this time finds himself in Amsterdam, and the book that he writes when he's in Amsterdam is Masil Sisharim. Now Masil Sisharim, as the Vilnagon points out to us, is a perfect text. It's not an entirely perfect text. The perfection that the Vilnagon pointed out of this text to the level that this text is almost on a darga of Torah Shabal Peh, Torah Shabal is the first 10 prakim, but we know that 10 contains the entirety of anything that's to follow. And there's 26 chapters in Mesil Shisharim. And it's a guide as to how to uncover the light of Shem Havaya, of the Shem Yudke Vovke, which is the gematri of 26 in a person's life. Now, I've never made it past the first few chapters, but I decided to peek at the 26th chapter, to look at the chapter about Kenyone HaKedusha, what it means to be a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. What it means, as the Ramchal tells us, that if a person properly follows the path of Mesil Sisharim, they can be Zoycha to the Darga of Hireni Hashem Darkecha Eshalich Ba'amisecha, that a person can learn how to walk upon a path in this world and uncover the light of La'asid Lavo right here, right now, within the world of darkness. And what the Ramchal writes in the 26th chapter of Mesil Sisharim, describing the fact that if a person wants to uncover the capacity to find the light of Hashem in this world, they have to experience the inyan of of uncovering the light of the future in the present, of being able to look at the concealment of the world, yet nevertheless to be able to uncover the unity that exists hidden within it. This is the question of how can I uncover the yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? that highest level of awareness, that undying faith in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in spite of all things, specifically in nighttime. And what the Ramchal says is as follows. In describing the end-all, be-all of the path of Avoda, so the Ramchal describes that there's a double nature of Kedusha. 
In the beginning, it's effort, and afterwards, there's a reward that is beyond all of our efforts. It begins with the willful, volitional activities of the human being, thinking that we're somehow in control of what happens, and in the end, it arrives as a gift, which is the statement of what Chazal tell us, that a person rectifies and sanctifies themselves a little bit down here, and in relation to the amount of our preparation down here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachal is the segula for the matana is the avoda. We don't get what we deserve as a result of our avoda. The avoda, the work that we engage in, is a hechatimsa. It's a way to uncover the segula that a kaddish baruch Hu sends down to us. And as a raya, as a raya, as a proof to the fact that at a certain point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the individual a strength that is far beyond their deserving or their capacity, the fact that ultimately everything is dependent on the chain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as Rabbi Nachman describes in his first teaching, the Ramchal says as follows. At that point, at that point, the holiness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu will descend upon a person and it will elevate them. They will become Kaddish. And at that point, the capacity to live as a human being in this world with a deep awareness of God's unity will emerge in their hands. At this point, a person is capable of being connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to have that undying belief in the unity of all things, in the connectivity of all things, in the calmness of all things, in the quiet of all things, in the Nakuda HaPnimius, the Nakuda of Shabbos, that Bas Ayin, that tiny black dot, that quintessence, that is silent in its intensity of connectivity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a person can live at that point, Bitmidius. At this point, what nature naturally takes away from the individual, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to now offer us help beyond our capacity, and we'll be able to accomplish that which was impossible a moment ago. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not refrain from offering a goodness beyond our deserving to those who do the work properly. The Alkain Amru B'Ma'amar Shazacharti, and so therefore, Chazal have told us that a person is makadish themselves a little bit down here, meaning to say, if we put in our effort, if we dive down deep into the arvis ha'olam, if we descend into the nighttime of the world, into the rishus of the world, into that place of bechira, then at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends down a light of awareness, of infinitude, of Ruach HaKodesh, that allows me to find presence in that which I'm doing, and allows me to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is the help, this is the undeserved help that God sends down to us, as a result of our efforts, which even at the end of their expression are tools that bring down a light that is still undeserved. And here the Ramchal goes, goes on. boro, An individual who sanctifies themselves and makes themselves holy in line with the holiness of their creator. At that point, even the physical activities, this worldly activity, the element of being human, the human condition, may be sorry, my flesh, my desires, my lack, my distortions. At that point, all of those things return and are transformed to become not like holiness, but holiness itself. The simancha, 
And you want to know a simon for this? Says the Ramchal, achilas kadshim, eating sanctified foods, eating the karbanos, shi atzva mitzvasase, which becomes a mitzvasase, va'amru chazal, and chazal taught us in psachim that the kohanim oichlim uba'alim miskaprim, that as a result of the achila of the kohanim, the ba'alim find the kapara, meaning to say that the achila of the kohanim is no longer an actual physical eating, but it is actually an engagement with spiritual mechanisms. This is exactly what means, that if a person wants to understand when is it possible to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world that is in this world that is difficult, it's when I'm Kaddish myself as much as I can, and the simon of my capacity to deserve or to earn more than I deserve is the simon of Achila Sakohanim that each and every one of us have the capacity to transform our Achila, our eating, our patience in eating, our mindfulness in eating into an opportunity to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Achila, Zman HaAchila, Chazal tell us, is Shaykh, it's related to a Zman of Milchama, because there's an inner battle that takes place. There is nothing that causes more forgetfulness of godliness in this world, nothing that causes us to lose sight of the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like partaking of the physical necessities of the body. Because even those who attempt, even those who try and have kavana when they're eating, the moment we experience that pleasure, that tainug gufani, or the moment we experience the forgetfulness of the soul, we descend into the animalistic behavior of the nefesh Bahamas. Yeah, we might remember at certain points that, oh my gosh, I'm eating like an animal right now. I've been swallowing bite after bite after bite without thinking. And I have that memory, and then I descend back into mindlessness. But mindful eating, the ability to be makadesh achila, like the achila sakohanim of their truma, where I can be meroimim, that physicality, to a place of spirituality, is very simple. Instead of taking a bite and then another bite and then another bite, allow oneself to take a bite, to chew their food prior to swallowing it, and then to swallow their food, to experience the taste of their food, to perhaps even put the fork down prior to taking another bite to allow the experience of eating to become an effort in mindfulness. And then when I'm ready to pick my fork up again, my utensil up again, to take another bite and to swallow the food before I put another morsel of food in my mouth. When a person does that, when a person comes and experiences the tam of food, it's an experience of ta'amu uru'u kitoiv hashem, come and taste the fact that a kaddish baruch is good. Because when a person takes the time to chew, and a person takes their time to eat slowly, without rushing, without trying to fill that void that will exist even after the meal, if I eat too quickly, which drives me to take another plate and another plate and another plate in an attempt to quiet the noise inside, by eating mindfully, a person not only becomes more satisfied more quickly, but a person will have just transformed the eating experience into a, into a hakrovas hakorban into an opportunity of finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that concealment, which reveals the capacity of uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in moments of darkness. That's one mahalach. One mahalach of what it means to engage in achila satruma, and why it is that finding the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the depths of darkness is dependent on achila sakohanim of truma, is because when a person learns how to be makadesh, physicality in this world with patience and with mindfulness, at that point, we uncover the ability to draw the light of unity into concealment.
The next Nakuda is that Arvis is a time of difficulty. Arvis is a time of struggle. In Shacharis, in the light time of the mind, it's easy for me to be makabal al-malchus It's easy for me to recognize the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because I'm not struggling with anything. There's nothing that blocks out the reasonable possibility of God being present because I'm not suffering. Arvis, Irbuvia, Irbuvia is a time of darkness. It's a time of Arev. It's a time of concealment and confusion. And it's in those moments where the real test of uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unity is found. It's in this moment, as we're going to see, is the Mesiris Nefesh of being made, of testifying, of sacrificing our knowledge for something that is super knowledgeable, that is beyond our reasonable thoughts, Vadas, to sacrifice my intellect and to believe in something above the intellect. There's a sacrificial element of the stubbornness of saying, yes, Hashem is present, even though I don't feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present. And it's in this darkness, it's in this irbuvia, it's in this encounter of Yaakov Avinu in the dead of night, with that there's a resistance, there's a mania, there's a confusion, there's a reshus. The matter is dependent on me at this point. It's the midah of Yaakov Avinu, the midah of Torah Shvalpeh. It's at this point that we have to learn a very important thing. In the light of the day, I feel that my capacity to uncover HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light is dependent on my positive efforts. It's dependent on my tahara. It's dependent on my work. At nighttime, we come to understand that no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is unified even when I'm undeserving of that unity. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is unified irrespective of where I stand. I am referred to as a child of God whether I am doing okay or whether I am not doing okay. Whether I am ascending in spirituality or whether I am descending. In those moments of running forward with intensity and alacrity and desiring to reach HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the transcendent cosmos above and beyond the confinement of this worldly anxiety, as well as in the moments of the retreat and the descent and the shove into the existential thisness and heaviness of this worldly experience. It makes no difference. Yaakov Avinu was able to be Yaakov and Yisrael at once. He was able to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether it was obligated or whether it was not obligated. And this is what we learn as well from the fact that the Mishnah makes Kabbalah's Olmal Chushamayim at nighttime contingent specifically on Achilas HaTruma of the, of the Kohanim. Because as the Gemara is going to tell us, the ultimate question is, why not say Tzetzah Kohavim? If the Kohanim are allowed to come and eat their truma at the end of the day, when the stars come out, so then why not just say, Misha Tzetzah Kohavim, that a person can read Kriyat Shema at Tzetzah Kohavim. Why tell us that it's specifically at those moments that the Kohanim are entering in to eat their truma? And so the Gemara says as follows, so at what point are the Kohanim able to go and eat their truma from the time that the stars come out? So So then you should just say that you can read Kriyat Shema at night when the stars come out. But there's a tangential learning here that comes to teach us that Kohanim Amas Ka'achle Betruma 
when are the Kohanim capable of coming to eat truma? Mishas Tzetzakochavim. So the Gemara came to teach us a tangential teaching, a secondary teaching, which is that the Kohanim are capable of eating truma at Tzetzakochavim. Vahakamash Malan. And we also learn the kapara loyma'akve, that kapara is not absolutely necessary for the kohanim to eat their truma. These kohanim that were not able to eat their truma until the nighttime, until tzetzah kohavim, were the kohanim who were tamay nefesh, were the tuvuleyom, were those kohanim who had fallen into concealment, fallen into impurity, fallen into the impurity of death, no longer worthy of partaking of their priestly right, no longer worthy of engaging with physicality on the level of pure refinement of the spirit, like we discussed a moment ago. These are the kohanim who were tamay misa. These are the kohanim who had fallen away from Kedusha. And you might think that it's not only the emergence of the stars at night, that allows the Kohen to eat truma, but rather also the tvila and the kapara, you might think that there needs to be a complete rectification of the impurity in order to allow those Kohanim to partake of their achila. comes along the Gemara, comes along the Mishnah, and teaches us that no, the ultimate point of making Kriyat Shema dependent on the time that the Kohanim come to eat is to reveal to us that the Kohanim do not need a full kapara in order to return to their God-given right of the truma. Coming to teach us that it's okay to try and engage with Kriyat Shema, to try and engage in Achila Satruma, even when things are not perfect, even when we don't have absolute kapara, even when we don't feel worthy of declaring the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And again, this has to be taught Milsa Agav Orcha. Milsa Agav Orcha, this is a teaching that comes about by way of tangential reasoning. Agav Orcha means it comes along on the path. And the Zohar HaKadosh, the Orcha, is the path and the wandering, circuitous routes that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his Tamid would walk on. The entirety of the Gemara is tangential. The entirety of the Gemara is the attempt to reveal essential teachings by way of inessential arguments, to reveal to us ultimately that even the inessential is essential. All of these tangents, all of these extra circuitous routes that the Gemara and the Mishnayos lead us through in this twisty road of Torah Shabbat is to ultimately show us that all of your tangents, all of your divergence, all of these divestments away from what we thought was the main point is ultimately there to also reveal a main point. Milsa agav orcha kamash malan. I am teaching you, says the Gemara, how to understand that even the milsa agav orcha kamash malan, I can learn from the inessential elements of my life. Even in the inessential parts, even when I'm still Tameh, I have the ability of proclaiming HaKadosh Baruch Hu's undying unity. And at that moment, like a Kohen, I'm able to be nichnas into Achilas Kadshin, into Achilas Atruma. The Vilna Gon, Schusio points out, Trumasan, the Tikkune Zohar points out, is the language of Tre Meimea, two less than 100. So why is that? Because two less than 100 is 98. And 98 is representative of the amount of, le of words that a person will say in Shema Yisrael and Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Le'olam Boed once in the morning and once at night. 
There are 25, I'm sorry, it's letters. There are 25 letters in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, and there are 24 letters in Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Lelem Voed, and so that is 49 letters. And when you say those 49 letters twice, it equals 98, which is Trey Memeya, two less than 100. So we find that Truma itself is indicative of this necessity to accept the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we know that there are 50 gates of understanding that are revealed in the world. In truth, there should be a level of the 50th gate where everything is perfect. Kriyat Shema, Kabbalah Malcha Shemaim is not at that 50th gate, it's when we only have 49. Right now in Gullus, we only have 25 letters in Shema and 24 letters in Baruch Shein Kavod Malchus One of the reasons for that, as explained by the Tzadikim, is because of the Chet of the Eitzadas, which were missing an extra letter. And in truth, in the future, there will be a Vav in front of Baruch. So it will be Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad U Baruch Shein Kavod Malchus which will reveal 25 letters in Shema and 25 letters in Baruch Shein Kavod Malchus which would equal 50, which is the grasp of the Sharnun, which is where everything is clarified and everything is revealed, at which point the Kriyat Shema in Shacharis and Arvis would equal 100 and not 98. But now in a time of Gullus, now in a time of concealment, we're missing a letter. Things are mechusser. We live in a world of darkness. We live in a world of missing one letter where there's no unity between Shema Yisrael and Baruch Shem Kavod, where there's a difference between the upper unity and the lower unity, where my awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu when things are going very well and my awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu when things are going terrible seem to be two opposites. And that's our capacity to be moiser nefesh on that amuna, to believe that in spite of the fact that that 50th letter is not there yet, that we're not at the point of absolute and complete revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's will in this world. Nevertheless, I have the capacity to uncover the truma, that tremeya, my ability to uncover the light of unity, specifically within darkness. And listen to what the Vilnagon says over here. He says something incredible. The Vilnagon, after explaining, you know, this numerical equation. He says, Rabbeinu HaKadosh Maramez Betevas Betrumasan La'eza Inyan. What was Rabbeinu HaKadosh hinting at when he used the word Trumasan, which is Trumas Nun, which is the elevation to that Sharhan Nun. Shekein Truma Hishtayim Memeya, because Truma, as the Tikkunei Zohar tell us, is two less than a hundred. Hainu She'echad Mechamishim Hukoidesh, that in truth, all that is holy in this world is one less than 50, is 49, is the 25 letters of Shema Yisrael and the 24 letters of Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Lelem which bring us to 49, which is Mechusar Achas, we're missing something. V'hachele Kachamishim Hu HaMachshava HaKadosha Shom Mesiris Nefesh, She'yehudi Tzarech Lachshav Ba'amro Hashem Echad. And you want to understand where that 50th letter comes from, it is through the machshava of Mesiris Nefesh, that undying desire to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to uncover Kedusha, not where it is found objectively, but specifically where I don't see it. And at that moment, when I'm Moser Nefesh, when I give my inner life over to proclaim the fact that, no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're here in the darkness. I see you in the food. I see you in physicality. I see you in the Tumah. I see you in the fact that I'm Mechusar Kapara. I see you in the fact that I don't have a 50th gate yet. And in spite of all of those deficiencies, I'm still willing to proclaim Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. That's Mesiris Nefesh. That's the Kayach of Rabbi Akiva, who is Moser Nafsho Be'echad, who had the capacity 
to uncover the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light with that recognition that even though it doesn't appear to be here right now, I am made, I testify in the fact that it is here right now, that even though it appears to be arvis and confusion, nevertheless, I'm capable of uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the secret of Truma, Tremeimeya, that all we have is those 98 letters because we're missing one letter from Baruch Shein Kavod Malchus creating all of the distortion between opposites in this world. The Mesiris Nefesh and our undying willingness to proclaim and testify to the undying presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically within concealment, that's the Mesiris Nefesh Be'echad. Rav Ruven Margulis in Nitzutze Or says something incredible. He says that why is it that this specific mitzvah of Achilas Truma is what the Mishnah makes Kriyat Shema Ba'arvis dependent upon. There were many mitzvahs that were not able to be started until Tzetzah Kochavim. But what Rav Ruven Margulis points out is that Achilas Truma is specific to the Kohanim. It is something unique to them. And something that is unique to the individual, that is not open and available to everybody else, is more beloved to that individual. Now, each and every person has an akudas hachein, like the tzaddikim tell us, that the other person does not have. What I bring to the table on a spiritual level is something that nobody else can bring to the table, just as what each and every person brings to the table on a spiritual level is what no one else in the world can bring. That nekudas hachein, like Chazal say, Abba b'mazahir tfei. They would ask one another, what was your father more careful on? And Hasidus Chabad tells us, Abba b'ma zahir tfei, don't read zahir as careful, but read zahir as zohar. What was the point of illumination that your father experienced? Because each and every person has their own particular point of illumination. Each and every person has that mitzvah that is chaviv on them. Each and every person has that thing where they experience the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that nobody else uncovers it. And that's where we have to be moiser nefesh. That of truma, that thing is specific to me right now, when I'm able to uncover that light of my own particular neshama, at that point I can scream out, Kriyat Shema Ba'arvis. The Maggid of Mizrich points out that comes from language of paying attention. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned himself and he, he was willing to accept the Korban of Hevel. It comes from the language of Sha'ashua. It comes from the language of that inner joy that takes place when I uncover the fact that right here, right now, in this moment of darkness, I am singularly unique in the grand history of reality. Nobody has ever been quite like me in this moment and capable of uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when I uncover the singularity of each and every moment, specifically in my impurity, in my nighttime experience, in my nocturnal feelings, at that moment, that opportunity becomes the sha'ashuim ha'atzmiim. I begin to enjoy and take pleasure over the fact that I am capable of uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as if I were the only person in the entire existence. And at that moment, we're prepared to be moiser nefesh. At that moment, we're prepared to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that hides, hidden, concealed within the darkness of physical reality and to partake of the truma. Be'ezrus Hashem, Be'ezrus Hashem next week, 
what we're going to look at is we move a little bit further into the Mishnah is that's the starting point. The starting point is our capacity to uncover the light of God and physicality, to believe in the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even when things are imperfect, and to uncover our own particular nekuda hapnimis, our own essential point of Avedas Hashem. That's the beginning point of the ability to proclaim our faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu at night. And next week, what we're going to see is Ad Saifa Ashmura Harishona Divrei Rabbi Eliezer. We're going to learn about the different mishmaros of the night, the different breakdowns of the nighttime, how concealment has gradations within it, and we're going to encounter the Tana, the Tana Eloki, the godly Tana of Rabbi Lazar, and we're going to understand why Rabbi Lazar was the first Tana to be mentioned in Chazal, and what Rabbi Lazar's Koyach was, very Shayach to the Koyach of the Para Aduma, that the Halacha is like Rabbi Lazar by Para Aduma, that Rabbi Lazar is brought down 21 times in Masechus Para, where he's brought down 21 times in discussions because 21 times is the gematria of Eheke, which is the willingness to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even when things are not present, even within the heaviness of my impurity. And we're going to encounter that Koyach of Hikel Hashem Ba'izri, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here to help me. When we're able to ask for help, then we're zoicha to understand what it means to be a Talmud of Rabbi Lazar, who understands the different distinctions and distortions that one can encounter in nighttime as opportunities to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Be'ezras Hashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.